rod. Amen. Amen. Anybody still excited this morning? <clears throat> All right. Praise God. It's good to be in the house together. Amen. All right. I'd like to start with a quote. Here's the quote for this morning. Come on in. Make yourselves comfortable. Get settled. Tell the person next to you, Kayate. The only person I want to hear from is God right now. Tell him, Shkayade. Amen. Amen. All right, here we are. And he departed from our sight that we might return to our heart and find him there. For he departed, but behold, he is still here. Come on. It's not time to go to sleep. I just want to welcome you. We welcome you to the Sanctuary Fellowship. It's safe to say we broke every record last week that we've ever, ever had. Not that we even counted or anything, but we just know we broke every record last week. It's safe to say that was the biggest group we've ever had in this building. And for a pastor, you have to understand that that's very exciting and still a little bit sad. Come on, can I get open with you this morning? Because listen, while it's awesome that so many people want to come out and be part of the church on a special day, that's amazing and that's awesome. But this week for some, the excitement left with the resurrection. This week, for some, last week was just a requirement on a spiritual to-do list. This week, for some, the need for church got hung up with the Easter outfit. Come on. You see, even though the, the world tries so hard to make Easter about some freakishly large bunny that lays eggs... People still all over the world feel the desire. They feel something spiritual on that day. And they want to be a part of something. And they want to be. And so churches all over were packed Sunday. Packed to overflowing, like exciting. Pastors were on websites ordering chairs. Yeah. And so this Sunday, pastors all over the world are saying, where's everybody at? I ordered more chairs. I made, I made more space. Where, where, I made more room. Where are the masses from last week? Where are those that we had to turn away last week? Where, where are those that were willing to just stand because they, they, they got dressed up and they just wanted to be in church? Where, where are all of those people at? Those that, that came out and made an effort. Now, listen, I know it was a special day of remembrance. We celebrated the resurrection. Amen. Without that day, Christianity would just be a dead religion. And so we celebrate he's no longer suffering for our sake. He's no longer being beaten and whipped. He's no longer being nailed to a cross. He's no longer on the cross. He's no longer in the grave. He is risen. Amen. But here's the point I want to make this morning in the title of my message. He is risen, but he's still here. 
He's still here. The bunny's gone. The eggs were all found. The candy was all eaten. Easter dinner is done. Your Easter clothes are back in the closet waiting for a wedding or a funeral. Churches are a little emptier. They're a little more comfortable this morning, but nothing's changed. He's still here. And the one picture I don't like about Easter Sunday is that we celebrate this victorious resurrection. We rejoice. We have plays and productions. Amen. Can we give it up for that team that rocked it last week? Wow. And so we have plays and productions and and all with the message that Jesus came, Jesus lived, Jesus gave himself. But we celebrate it like he's up, he's out, he's risen, and he's gone. Elvis has left the building. And so it's over. The decorations come down. The sails are gone. The eggs go back to regular color. There's no more chocolate rabbits. There's no more creepy bunny at the mall to take pictures with your kids. Come on, how many of you did that? Y'all embarrassed. You don't want to raise your hand, but you did it. You got pictures of your kids with an Easter bunny. Come on. And so for so many, they won't see the inside of a church again until Christmas or a funeral. And, and, then, and then, you know, Christmas will be another special day. We'll celebrate his birth. And so if we look at our history, we, we seem to come together for his birth. We come together for his death and his rebirth. And if we're not careful, that's just religion. And it's funny because it's the people that say, I'm not about, I'm not going to be religious. I'm not about being religion. I'm not. But you act more religious than anybody else because you only come to church on this special day. And so if we're careful, that every year we bring them down, we crucify them, we send them up, and nobody's changed. And so I want to remind you this week after Easter, he's still here. Come on, somebody better get excited. He's still here. Whether you feel the goosebumps or not, he's still here. Whether you feel like believing today or not, he's still here. Whether you're having a great day or a miserable day, he's still here. Whether your life is in a great place right now or your life is in a horrible place right now, he's still here. That's the message this morning. Amen? Let's get to the word. Because the book of Acts picks up right after the resurrection. And, and I love the book of Acts because the book of Acts was written by Luke. And we spoke about Luke a little bit before. Luke was not an eyewitness. Luke did not see everything that he talks about. But Luke was, he was a doctor. Who, so he was someone that paid careful attention to things. And Luke was contracted. He was paid by Theophilus. Someone that wanted to find out what this whole Jesus thing was about. That was changing cities and changing communities. And so he paid Luke. He said, Luke, go investigate what all this Jesus stuff is about. People are changing their lives. The world is changing because of these men that lived with him and this, this man. Find out. So, so Luke's account is about searching the truth. And so Luke speaks to eyewitnesses. He, he investigates. This becomes his project. He's paid to do this. He's a careful historian. 
And so he gives us an account of everything that happened with Jesus and his followers. Acts chapter 1, verse 3, it says, After his suffering, Jesus showed himself to these men. And he gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days. So you got to start to understand here, the resurrection happened. He comes out of the tomb. And, And for most people, we think, well, then he's gone. No, Jesus hung around another 40 days in his non-resurrected body, in his non-glorified body. He hung around another 40 days with the holes, with his blood-stained body, with the holes in his side, with the holes in his feet. He hung around another 40 days and showed himself to people. His mission wasn't done yet. His first four appearances that he made to people We're on the actual day of his resurrection. Why do you think he did that? He wanted everyone to know that death did not win that day. He, come on, man, we need to get excited. Are you guys dead or what? He wanted people to know. He he showed himself to people hundreds before while those days were over, but he showed himself and presented himself to people, hundreds of people, so that they would know, yes, look, it's me. And you know, we have the story of Doubting Thomas and we have all these people. I don't believe unless I see. He showed up and said, then see, see, see for yourself. So he gave these eyewitness accounts that he was still here. He did it for you and he did it for me. He fulfilled the prophetic word that was spoken about in his life. So in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, it says, on one occasion while he was eating with them, He gave them this command. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. So he tells them, listen, don't leave Jerusalem yet. Wait for the gift. The apostles like a gift. I thought you were the gift. Like you've already given us a gift. You you died for our sins. I thought you were the gift. He says, no, wait for the gift. That we spoke about. And so when when did he speak about that to them? Right? That's a a good question, Carmen. He said, when did he? And so we look at John and it says, John tells us in John 14, verse 15, he says, if you, he had told the disciples before, because he had been planning and preparing this for them, trying to get them to understand what was going to happen. He told them, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. And I will ask the father and he will give you another counselor. To be with you forever. The spirit of truth. Listen church, this is critically important to our walk today. He's saying, if you follow me, the Father and I are going to give you something pretty incredible. And this applies to you and to me today. It's no no, uh, uh, coincidence that the worship team, I don't tell them what I'm preaching about ever. And the whole worship was about the Holy Spirit because I'm teaching about the Holy Spirit this morning. So he tells them, he he says, you know, I think Christians take this way too lightly with with this gift that God has given us. He tells us in John 14, 23, Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he'll obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home in him. This is crazy. Think about this. This is crazy. He says, if you follow me, if you love me, the father will love you and we will make our home in him. We will make our home with him. This is amazing. Look, verse 25, he says, all this I have spoken while still with you. 
But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in his name, <coughs> will teach you all things and he will remind you of everything that I have said to you. So he tells him now in Acts, wait for this gift. He tells him, don't leave home without it like Amex. Wait here in Jerusalem. Don't leave home. See, the promise of the Old Testament was Jesus. The promise of the New Testament was the Holy Spirit. We got to get all this in order, man, so you have it because you need to be well equipped, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. So, so Jesus had prepared his followers for this. He had already told them in John 14. He told them, but when he was preparing them, when he was leaving, he said, listen, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back and I will take you to be with me so that you can be where I am. Amen. And so he tells him, I'm leaving. I'm going away. And, and the apostles are like, nah, man, how are you going to play us like that? How are you going to leave? I don't want you to go. We don't want you to go. And, and he says in verse 16, in 16, 6, he says, because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I'm going away. It is to your advantage that I go. Because unless I go, the Holy Spirit, the counselor, will not come to you. So in 13, he says, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. See, what the Holy Spirit does is it, it convicts us of sin and it leads us to repentance. So Jesus says to us, listen, in the flesh, I can only be with a group of you at a time. And, and maybe some of us in our, in our thinking, we would say, man, if Jesus was still here walking with us, it would be so awesome. Right? If we could just hear, man, that, that Jesus was still walking, if we could just hear about the miracles that he's doing today, it would be so amazing. But, but think about that, really. The world is a huge place. And Jesus in the flesh can only be in one place at one time. And so he can only be with one group of believers. And even when he was with one group of believers, he's divided amongst all those believers. And we can only hear, but in the spirit, the Jesus, God can be with all of us everywhere. Omni, it, that's amazing. You don't understand that we could sing here, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place and feel his presence and not be arrogant to think this is the only church the Holy Spirit showed up at this morning. Some churches might tell you that. <laughs> don't believe the hype. He could be here, fully here, amazing in miracles, working, healing, restoring, reconciling, all up in, in our business here and still be over at Harvest Field and still be over at Life Together Fellowship and still be over at Promised Land and still be over at New Season and, and still be there in full effect blessing and, 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 and tearing things up. Amen. So, so he's saying it's better that I go because if I go, the Holy Spirit will come and he's going to guide you. It's better because he can be with every believer at all the time. See, why does, why, this is a tough concept and I think church just makes it more confusing sometimes. Why does Christianity talk about a trinity, God in three persons? That's tough, right? And other religions will tell us, well, the trinity, trinity ain't even in the Bible, that word. But yet here it is right here, plain as day. 
He said, if you love me, you'll follow me. And when you believe me and follow me, John 14, 23, we will come to you and make our home with you. We. So, so Jesus is saying the Father and the Son will live with us. Jesus defines the Holy Spirit as the Father and the Son making his home in us. Come on, that's powerful. So, so when we believe, when we love God, when we follow, the word promises that the fullness of God, the fullness of the Godhead makes his home in us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. See, God doesn't set us up to fail. You, you might like, you know, you like those t-shirts and those bumper sticker scriptures that say, oh, I know the plans I have for you declares your God. And we're like, yeah, God has all these plans for me. But that means squat. If he doesn't equip you to succeed. That, I just go, you know, you can, anybody could tell you that God has a plan for you, brother. And God has a plan for you, sister. And God has, a, yeah, thanks a lot. But unless you set me up to succeed, then, then, then you're setting me up to fail. Amen? So, so God doesn't set us up. He fully invested in us. So Easter is gone, but he's still here. Oh, man. Somebody just need to relax in that this morning. Think about it. How did these 12 men, they were 12 again because the one fell off and then they replaced them, right? So how did these 12 apostles, together with a group of mismatched men and women, spread the gospel, change the world in such a way that 2,000 years ago, we're here in the Bronx, USA, preaching the same gospel? How? I mean, how does that happen? How does that little group do this? Because the spirit of the living God is in them. And we need to understand that that spirit of the living God is in each and every one of us who believe. Amen? Amen. See, we don't need religion to be righteous. Somebody just needs to breathe today and relax. We don't need, we don't have to light a candle to get God's attention. Let me come against all your religions right now. We don't, you don't have to perform any rituals to, to have favor with God. You don't need a good luck charm. You don't need an amulet. You don't need, a, you don't need none of that brujeria nonsense. You don't need anything to have favor with God because the spirit of the living God lives in me. So what does that mean? I don't need to consult a psychic or get my cards read or read my horoscopes. I don't care that Capricorn says that the stars, I know the creator of the stars, and he's in me. If I want my future, I'll ask him. Amen? We're so crazy sometimes reading, reading stuff and having man tell us, you know, read my palm for father. Are you stupid? The spirit of the living God is in you. You tell him his future. You tell her, I said, listen, keep your five dollars. Let me talk to you. Let me tell you what I see in you. And shut it down. The spirit of the living God dwells inside every believer. Listen to me. Listen, if you're not a believer and you're here today, it's probably because you know a believer. And, and listen, I'm out, that person might not always get it right. Let me just, let me, you know, get real with you right now and I set that person up to, that person might be the, one of the biggest screw-ups you know. 
But there's something different about that person. There's something in that person that you want to know more about. That's why you're here. Come on. That's why you're a little bit curious, maybe. You want to know something. There's something about this crazy person. She don't always get it right, but there's something. Why? Because the power of the Spirit of God is in that person. And, and we have to like, like really think about that. That means that the spirit of the creator, that means the spirit of creativity is in each and every one of us. Some of you say, I'm not creative. Yes, you are. Tap into it. It's there. Yeah, yeah, that means the spirit of healing is in us. The spirit of restoration is in us. The spirit of reconciliation is in us. That means the spirit of prophecy, of perseverance, the, the, the dreams, vision, purpose, that's in us. So many of us live such limited lives because we lack this understanding. Listen, I'm guilty, but I'm believing this message is going to change me. Can I get receive some too? Amen. So check it out. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. It says, and you will receive power. Dunamas. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So how were these men able to endure this persecution, this oppression? Most of them gave their lives because they believed this. Many of us will stand up for something, but we won't lay down our lives for something unless we believe that thing. Unless we know that thing is real. I won't lay down my life for something that you believe. Or for something that you tell me about. I lay down my life because there's something that I know. Amen? So these men... <laughs> they were able to endure this persecution with the power of the Holy Spirit in them because it was the power in them to make them witnesses. So verse 1 and 9, he says, after he said this to them, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid them from their sight. And so that was it. And so here it is. We're standing where the apostles stood. It's after the resurrection. Jesus came, he lived, he preached, he gave his life unto death, and then he was raised from the dead. And then he tells him, I'm going to go so that you can have the Spirit of God inside you forever. And so what happened on that day? Watch this. This is an amazing story. It says they waited in Jerusalem. It took about 10 days. Sometimes God will make you wait. Sometimes it could be 10 years. If God tells you to wait, you wait. You could keep trying to knock down doors and knock down doors. If God hasn't opened that door, you don't belong behind that door. Amen? That's a whole nother message. Let's not go there. So it says, Acts 2, verse 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. They were of one accord. That doesn't mean they were in one Honda. It means they were of one. Sorry, that was corny. But that means they were in one mind. Sorry. Sorry. That's the spirit of corniness. That's not from God. So suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And it says they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the spirit enabled them. This is where we get crazy. 
And so now they, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. You, you got to picture this scene. There are people, it, it's, the, it's the festival of Pentecost. And so Jews from everywhere come to celebrate. So there are literally thousands of people, thousands in this small town. And they've come in to celebrate the festival of Pentecost. And so this happens. They're in a room and they get filled with the Spirit of God for the first time. The Spirit fills them and they begin to speak in other tongues. And so imagine these 150 or whatever people pour out into the streets and they're all speaking in different languages. And people are saying, whoa. And people are hearing their own language. And, and so the, 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 the Arabs are hearing and they say, wait a minute, but he's speaking Arabic. And, and the Chinese are saying, wait a minute, but... I'm hearing, I'm hearing uh, Chinese. I'm hearing, I'm hearing my dialect. The Hindis are saying, I'm hearing Hindi. How come I'm hearing my own language? Aren't these, they say, aren't these all Galileans? So, so the people are saying, like, aren't these all Puerto Ricans coming out of that church? How come these Puerto Ricans know Hindi and, and, and Mandarin and they're speaking Arab? How come? Where did these Puerto Ricans learn these languages? This is an amazing thing that's happening. And so they're all gathered. And some people say, nah, man, those guys have been smoking trees. <laughs> they, say, they, they say they're drunk. Surely they're drunk. And Peter says, they're not drunk. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. And I know for some of us former potheads, 9 o'clock in the morning, we could be lifted. I know. But, but he said they're not drunk. And even if they were high or drunk, how could being high or drunk? Anybody here in your past, you ever been high and you learned Chinese? I don't know about you, but <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been drunk and you just started speaking Arab, Arabic to somebody. That's, right? No, that's, there's something powerful going on there. So, so listen, they all received the comforter. They all receive the helper, the advocate, the counselor, the father and the son comes to dwell with them. And they begin to speak in other tongues. And, and, and listen, I know for some of us, when we hear speaking in tongues, we, it takes us back to our Pentecostal backgrounds. Anybody? And we get a little freaked out by it. I came from Espiritismo and Santeria and that background. So when I first heard, first heard speaking in tongues in church, I said, whoa, possessed. I said, whoa, I know about this. I know about this. This I know about. I know what that is. Somebody slap that dude. He's calling Chango. He's calling a bunch of, I don't want to hear none of that mess up in here. So we get a little freaked out by that, but that's not what's happening here. That's a teaching. That's a prayer language. That's a teaching for another day. Here, when the spirit of truth and wisdom came, they began to speak in the languages of the people that were gathered there. So we could say then, if we kind of broaden that, we could say then that when the Spirit of God is in us, we're given the power to communicate to people that we would normally not be able to communicate with. Oh. We, church, church, we're a New Testament church. We, he has many different ways and many different gifts, but the Spirit of truth reveals truth. And what was the outcome of that day? Peter was given the boldness to preach a hard word, and 3,000 people came to, be, to know the Lord that day. 
3,000 people became believers that day. Family, as a New Testament church, we need to speak the language of the culture. Some, some of you, this, this bothers you. You're ready to run out the door. You say, oh, here we go. We're going to water down the gospel. No, we're still preaching bright red blood. But we need, but, but listen, the, 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 the tactics and the evangelism and the thing that, that your grandmother's church did 45 years ago is not going to speak to the millennials today. And so we have to bring change. And we have to speak. We, the message never changes. But the method has to be ever-changing. Amen? Because when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, He allows us and gives us power to communicate to people that we can normally not communicate with. So that means if God, if, we, if, if Facebook is the language, then we speak Facebook. If Instagram is the language, then we speak Instagram. Not right now while I'm preaching like some of you are doing But the, 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 our message to the world has to be, he's still here. It's this, come on, man. It's the same God from grandma's church. It's the same God with the bun and the long skirts. It's the same God from that time. But, but we're just speaking a different language today. Amen? So church, no matter where you find yourself today, no matter what you've gone through, no matter where you've come from, no matter what you're going through right now, the comforter is here. The counselor is here. Some of us, we spend so much time with worldly counselors. That could be cured up in one session with the counselor. <laughs> Save you hundreds and thousands of dollars. Nothing against counseling. We need counseling. A lot of us need that, and that's fine. But I'm saying... There's a spirit of God in us called the counselor. That's one of his names. I want to close today with two challenges for you. Worship team, you guys can come up. The first is a very simple challenge. It's to those of you that have never made a decision to be a follower, to be a believer. For those of you that have never decided to follow Jesus. And, and this is the moment that you dread it. You say, I know at one point they're going to ask. I know at one point they're going to do the altar call. And I'm going to be bothered and I'm going to be annoyed. And I'm going to ignore and I'm going to resist. And I'm going to get tight. And I'm going to be stand firm in my seat. But right now some of you are saying that, but God is breaking you up. Some of you are resisting and God is breaking you up already. This ain't, ain't nobody asking you to join a church. Ain't nobody asking you to be religious. Ain't nobody asking you to change nothing. Don't change nothing. I'm not saying you better stop smoking. You better stop cursing. You better stop going to clubs. Let, I, I let God deal with that. Amen. All I'm saying, I'm just asking you today. If God is drawing you, I'm asking you to believe. Jesus said, if you follow me. And if you love me, my Father and I will dwell with you. We'll deal with all the other stuff later. If there's addictions and there's heartbreak and there's brokenness and there's, and there's you know, unforgiveness and bitterness, we'll deal with all that later. Just say, God, I, I want to believe so that I can have the comforter today. 
The beauty of that is that, you know, everybody that followed Jesus, the apostles, they, all, they weren't fully believers. They just followed Christ. That's why later on we read, as they go to the stories, they, they'll say, I believe. And God says, good, it's about time. But that means that they didn't believe from the beginning. That means that they followed Jesus. Oh, man. So I want to challenge you today, if that's you, we're going to ask you to make that choice today. And the promise for you today is that the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit will come and make their home in you. The second challenge I have is, I mean, there's nothing more exciting than that, but this is just as exciting. If you have believed and you're already a follower of Jesus and then you already know the Spirit dwells in each and every one of you today, whether you feel Him or not. Let's clear that up. Because some of you think, if I don't feel the goosebumps, if the hair doesn't stand up on the back of my head, God left me. I don't feel what I used to feel, so God doesn't love me. God used to give me dreams. He used to give me visions. He used to, I used to feel them correcting me. I used, but I don't feel that anymore. And you think, well, God left me. God's promise is that I'll never leave you or forsake you. You might have silenced the voice. You might have silenced it. You might have come away from it. You might have headphones on and you're distracted from hearing. But God says, I'm still here. And so the best picture I can give you today of the Holy Spirit for you that are believers, I, this, this is amazing. Anybody ever use Shazam? There's an app for that. This is the best picture I can give you of the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Give me that, that Shazam logo so you guys can kind of recognize it and know what it is. Those of you that are, you know, iOS challenged. Yeah, that's not it, but um, Shazam logo, we see it everywhere. It's an app that it's used to identify. That's, that's the app. It's an app that's used to identify when you hear a song and you don't, you, you don't know who sings it, you turn on the app and the app listens and then searches and it connects you to who the creator and the singer of that song is. <laughs> so when you turn on Shazam it listens and it searches Shazam reveals the connection to the creator of that song church family every situation that you find yourself in if you were to spiritually Shazam that situation the Holy Spirit would connect you to the creator and the advocate, the counselor, the, the comforter would give you insight. Listen, this is good for single people. You're interested in a relationship. Shazam that brother. Shazam that sister. Say, say, Holy Spirit, I need to know. Give me insight. Give me wisdom on this person and and you'll be surprised what Shazam comes up with you you'll find out this guy's a derelict run but the Holy Spirit will tell you run Corre. we 
we can use this, this, this spirit of the living God is in each and every one of us and, and we can shazam every situation that we're in. Some Christians have been, have been 15 years and you never installed the Holy Spirit app. You never knew that you could use, you have a connection to the creator of the universe. This isn't some silly religious game. If you're going to believe and you're going to follow, you might as well get the whole thing. When you shazam something in your life, you find out he's still there. Sometimes you could be going through some really hard time. You could be in a battle. You could be in a struggle. Shazam that situation. And it'll connect you and God will show you what's happening. God will show you the author of that confusion. He'll show you the, the creator of that mess that you're in. Sometimes it's him. I, and he'll give you insight into why you're going through what you're going through right now. Family, that's the message I believe we needed to hear today. And the message I believe we've been called to carry with us everywhere we go to the ends of the earth he is still here hallelujah so back to you guys in the first challenge you thought you got off the hook God is calling some of you to make a decision today and I don't I'm not going to press I'm not going to take 20 minutes to I just want to let you know that God is still here and God is calling you and God is wanting to have this relationship with you to take this relationship to another level some of you say well I'm not I'm not religious I just want to be spiritual good because that's what God wants he just wants you to be spiritual he don't want you to be religious he don't want you to just always rock a Christian t-shirt he wants you to be Christian on the inside amen and so if that's you, as a matter of fact, I'm going to ask everybody to stand. And I'll let you be private and personal with this one this time. But if it's you, I just want you to make your peace with God. I just want you, as we just bow our heads and go into worship for a couple of minutes before we leave this place. And I know that you're, you're not forced. There could be, I could never see you again. And so I just want you to know that this invitation is for you. If you would just bow your heads and just make that decision with the Lord and say, God, I want to be a follower. Fill me. Let me have this thing that this crazy Cuban is offering. If it's true, and you can talk to God like this, if it's true, God, 